Electronic Sonic is way better. Good morning. Glad you're here this morning. We are wrapping up our message series that we've called Decades. Uh, we've been spending some time each week looking at the keys to making the most out of each age and stage of life. Life tends to flow through seasons and we deal with the same kinds of things in uh, seasons as each of us go through them. Folks in the same season deal with the same kind of thing. Making the most of each chapter of our lives, each decade of our life is, is crucial to the overall story that God's trying to tell through our lives, uh, but it's very easy to get caught in wanting to jump back or to jump ahead or hit some kind of button and get somewhere else, decide where you are right now. When we do this, when, and when we struggle with this, we can end up missing what God wants for us right now. And, and that's really what God's given us is right now, the present. So we've been talking about this in the hopes that we can, we can gain some perspective and help for dealing with the present. Because when we fail to make the most of the present, it, it can lead to regret. It can, it can create a lot of regret. Time keeps ticking. God's given us what we need here and now to live the right way, but we're somewhere else in our minds and, and we're missing it. So whatever stage you're in, we hope the series has been a help to you and uh, that it's given some perspective on the current season or decade that you're in. And just to catch everyone up, we have a handout in, in the program that I'd like you to look at briefly. I'd like to walk through what we've talked about so far. Uh, and here's a summary of the decades and the key points. The, the purpose in the series has been, as I said, to provide some clarity on these things, what to focus on. So we've looked at goals to work toward in specific decades, dangers to avoid, and we've given you this as a quick reference. But first week, uh, we talked about laying the foundation, um, training in your 20s. And on the illustration on the front of your program, you can see the, the young guy. He's reading. He's, those, hopefully those are instruction manuals for how to live life, which is, that's what scripture is. Scripture gives you perspective on how to live life. So hopefully the book he's reading or one of the books in his collection is, is scripture that's helping him lay the foundation correctly for life. Um, but you need to, you need to learn, but you also need to begin to act, to take action on what you're learning so that you can learn by practice to distinguish what's right from wrong, what's the best way to live. And so that's what the 20s are about, laying the foundation, training in your 20s. And the goal is to aggressively pursue training and biblical wisdom while remaining teachable. And in our 20s, Hopefully we get set to be lifelong learners because whatever level of education you stop at, uh, God, God wants you to keep learning throughout your entire life. So there's much to learn in the 20s. The more you can get down and really get your hands and mind around, the better you can take advantage of the future dec decades. So that, that kind of acts like a foundation of understanding in the ideal setting. Uh, the danger in this decade is the failure to learn the basics. 
and so never find true success. So need to get the basics down in our 20s and try not to rush ahead try not to hit the button to jump ahead, but learn the basics. In your 30s, the key is to build carefully. So we're building. That's the key word in the 30s. The goal is to build carefully in key areas of life while remaining faithful and humble. We build uh, as we make decisions. We're actually building. It's sort of like laying bricks in our life that we're, we're building on top of the foundation that's been laid in our lives that God has arranged. Uh, our, our upbringing, our learning in the 20s, our education, all, all of that. God wires everything together to uh, begin to help us to build. And we want to make sure that we're building the right things in the right ways. In the midst of building in our 30s, the danger is letting priorities slip and building on the wrong foundation. So we want to have the right one. Then last week, we talked about Through the Forge. I told some fun stories about my 40s. (laughs) Uh, Because this this is the time when we're in the middle of life, we're in the middle of our story, we tend to start reevaluating what we've given our life to to this point, and uh, we're trying to, to hang in there. Enduring is the key word in the 40s, and the goal is to stay faithful to commitments and endure in faith. Life at this point may not be turning out exactly the way you think it would have, and so that's why we begin to reevaluate, and in the middle of the story, If you're in the middle of any story, you're reading a book or whatever, or even in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our story, it's easy to draw the wrong conclusions about the way it's going to go. And if you pull the plug, everything you've been building goes down the drain. So it's important to endure, to hang in there, realize you're in the middle of the story, not, not at the end. Don't draw conclusions too early. The danger is bailing out of responsibilities and commitments while losing integrity and influence in the process. Like I said, if we pull the plug, it, it goes, goes down the drain. Today, we're looking at the 50s and 60s and beyond. Um, that's the stage I'm in. You probably could have guessed that if you didn't know already. Uh, this, is, this is what we're going to focus on today. And the goal in our 50s and 60s, 60s is to be encouraging to the younger generations. That's the goal. There, there's a lot to live for in this season of life. The goal is to provide direction to the next generation while maintaining the right perspective on life. This is when things literally, physically start falling apart. So, you know, whatever you believe in and whatever you have put your trust in either holds up under the pressure of all that, or you really struggle. And so uh, it's, it's important to hang on again and to set our heart on the goal, which is to encourage, to provide direction to the next generation. The danger is checking out. A lot of guys in their 50s, a lot of people in their 50s just sort of check out, take a vacation, and, you know, you're sort of at the place where you can just sort of kick it into autopilot and let life happen. That's, that's what a lot of guys, that's a temptation. 
Another temptation is to allow bitterness from the past to rob the present joy. So we, we need to fight those. In our culture, growing old is an enemy. A flat-out enemy. This is the way, the, here's some memes that you may find on the Internet. First one says, I'm not making any age-related jokes because I genuinely feel bad about how old you are. That's a card. I mean, you might get that on a birthday card at my age. You know, ha, 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 that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it'd be all right. I wouldn't mind. It's, it doesn't bother me that I'm growing older. Um, another one, uh, another meme is Lucille Ball. She said this, the secret to staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. So there's this, there is this, Tendency in our culture to fight growing older, to discount the value of growing older and old age. Um, a lo- a lo- many products that are being sold sort of use this thought to sell their product. They, they, they try to show that it, it can help you win the battle against aging. I'd like you to watch a Chevy commercial here that kind of has this theme. Hello there. I'm here to pick up Helen. Mom, he's here. Nice wheels. Oh, thanks. Kiss me, young. Hello there, handsome. Your dinner's in the microwave, dear. Where do you want to go? Any place. Just drive. Mom? There you go. You see this all over the place. Man, I want that car. <laughs> if I could. First of all, I just want the car. Then secondly, if that happens when I get into the car, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That, that's, that, sir, that tugs on this. As we're fighting the old age thing, these commercials tug on our hearts. And honestly, it's not very high value in, in our culture. The Bible, though, has a very different perspective on aging and on being older. God views growing older as an honor. There are two Proverbs that give this perspective. Proverbs 16.31, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Some may think I, I should shave off this part of my beard because it's, you know, it's a little salt and pepper here. I don't have as much gray. Right here, I got a little gray. I could trim my sideburns, but hey, it's the crown of glory. This is my glory right here. It's important. This is what God values. Proverbs 20, 29, the glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Scripture has a perspective on aging that is very different than what you find in our culture. Here's a description of the righteous from the Psalms. And it gives a description 
of those who aim to be right before God and, and what it's like as they grow older. They still bear fruit, Psalm 92:14 says, they still bear fruit in their old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The righteous, as they grow older, have a, a, a bunch to say to the younger group. A lot to say to the next generation. In fact, older Christ followers play a very important role in their family and church community. There, there is power in the testimony of older folks who have lived through the building, the learning, the building, the forge of the 40s. There's a tremendous amount of power from those who have lived through these things to those who are dealing with them right now in the present to the younger who are facing them right now. A lot of power in that testimony. You don't get the sense the righteous here have gone into retirement. <laughs> they, they have not. There's much to live for. And they aim to give an example to the next generation and... Uh, give some encouragement as well to the next generation. Retirement in our culture is a huge goal, major goal of retirement. You see a lot of commercials about that as well. Uh, a lot of talk around the water cooler about retirement. It's like a final destination that's on par with paradise. Oh, you know, when you're grinding it out in a 40-plus hour work week, retirement, Wow. I can't wait. <laughs> That's going to be awesome when I get there. It's interesting. A study of uh, 1,254 retirees was done by uh, NPR, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and the Harvard School of Public Health, and here's what they found. 25% felt like life was worse in retirement than before. 44% said life is about the same. So paradise looked like the old neighborhood. <laughs> it's just more of the same. 29%, only 29% said life is better. It's a low average for retirement. The thing is, we can't ever decide to focus on ourselves and enjoy life. Just, just focus on ourselves. This is it. No matter our age, God made us to live for something beyond ourselves. He made us to live for others. And, and that's where the fulfillment comes from. Life withers whenever we turn inward and focus on ourselves. When we pour out to others, we get refreshed by refreshing others. And we bear fruit. Full of sap and green. I like that. Full of sap and green. That's the way God wants it. The best way to prepare for uh, retirement is by giving yourself to God and his kingdom as you pour out to serve him and bless others around you as you serve them. You're going to be the same person in retirement that you were before you got there. So it's, it's good to start letting God rearrange you and change you as he sees fit. The Lord says the righteous bear fruit in old age. Scripture is clear on another thing. 
A godly person's duty is to give wise counsel to the younger. As Moses was handing the baton of leadership over to Joshua, uh, who, who was leading the nation of Israel, what was the people who were going to become a nation of Israel, he spoke the words of a song. We sing songs here to help us remember the truth of Scripture. And a lot of the songs have references to stories. And so Moses sings the word of a song. It's called Moses' song. That's what it's called in the Scripture. There's a line that gives guidance to the older crew, the elders in the group. Deuteronomy 32.7, Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations, Ask your father and he will show you your elders and they will tell you. This is the duty of the elders. When the young folks ask, we tell about the faithfulness and the goodness of God based on the stories that he's been building in our lives. Here's Moses handing the baton off and he says, don't forget what God has done throughout your lifetime. My my parents lived through the Great Depression and that left a mark on everyone from that generation as, as they lived through the Great Depression. They experienced something that's still, it's still a reference point in our, our culture. We refer back to it. They knew the struggle firsthand. They had stories about God's faithfulness in that, in that season, first, firsthand stories. They saw the provision of God in that context. I heard about it, but I, I don't feel it like they did. I just don't. I learned from them. My kids are even more removed, and their kids are even more removed. So we, we don't feel it. We, this is our role, is to tell the stories of God's faithfulness in our lives, to tell the stories about what God does as people follow him and, and the way that he works. God, God had done... At this point in the nation of Israel, there were some amazing things that had happened. I mean, awesome. Truly spectacular displays of the power of God that Moses was instructing the people to hand over to the younger so they didn't. They, these, these folks experienced it. They needed to hold on. By, by his grace, he chose them to be the people through whom he would try to reach out to the rest of the world. He, he brought them out of slavery in Egypt in a miraculous way. The people Moses was talking to had experienced these things and were to hold on. And his song, the whole song of Moses, it's a pretty long song. You can read it in Deuteronomy. It's a rehearsal of what God had done so they wouldn't forget. We, we sing songs. There's a song I listen to. It's called Boy, Boy Like Me, Man Like You, Like Jesus Was a Boy Like Me. And there's a line in it that says, uh, when he was at the temple, it's referring to when Jesus went to the temple when he was 12. And it, it says, did, did they tell stories about the saints of old? Stories like that make a man grow, make a boy grow bold. Stories like that make a man walk straight. I could sing it for you, but it wouldn't be that great. I'm playing it in my head. <laughs> Sorry you lost me there for a second. Um, but anyway, that's the stories like that make a boy grow bold. Stories like that make a man walk straight. Okay, we got one down. A lot of stuff happening on the stage. <laughs> uh, that was to emphasize the fact that 
But it's the stories they can they contain so much about the character of God, the power of God and the truth of who he is. That we need to keep telling those stories. We need to keep telling them in a way that that God is honored and glorified. This is why Moses tells us the younger who are more removed from what God did miraculously uh, to ask the elders and there to tell them. It's our duty. They felt it and tasted it, and the stories are powerful. If, if we live by faith, we will fill and taste, feel and taste God's goodness and develop our own testimony. This is what God wants to do in our lives. If we, if, but you have to trust him. You have to trust him enough to live what he says in Scripture. As you do, as you step out in faith to apply and to live what he told you in Scripture... You yourself are going to have a story to tell. God is building a story of his faithfulness in the lives of those who trust him and who live his way. Our duty then is to tell the next generation about what God has done. The next passage I want to look at is from one of the prophets. And it was written in a time when God's people were in a spiritual desert due to their rebellion. And the elders at this point had been unfaithful to God. And this is what God, this is what God says to them. It says, he says, hear this, you elders, give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. Don't lose the stories about God's faithfulness. Don't hang on to those. The Lord was calling the the people back to himself and he laid out the role of the older generation in this passage. These elders had had walked away from God. Now, I haven't done that, but I I have blown it big time. And so I was putting myself in the place of these elders and I was thinking, well, God, God wants them. Even though they'd walked away from him, he wants them to tell the next generation of the faithfulness of God, what God had done. You know, we we tend to shy away from sharing stories that don't make us look really great. I, I have a few of those. I have some tremendous cringe moments in my life. One of those occurred... Uh, when I was uh, taking care of my parents, and I got frustrated with my dad, and I, I let, we'll, we'll say I let my dad have it. And we, we were in an argument, and I won the argument, but I mean, come on. If a guy my age at the time can't win an argument with a 90-year-old guy, I mean, you're in, you're in real trouble. So I won the argument, and... Honestly, that, that moment in my life makes me cringe often. You know, my mind goes back to it. And I really regret that. I mean, really regret it. Now, I made it right with him. I, I asked him to forgive me. He forgave me, I'm sure. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I move on. But... 
when my mind goes back to that moment, I have to do the right thing with that thought or it really twists me up. So I have to I have to walk walk through that those times when the memory comes back in the right way, like right now I'm talking about. (laughs) So I have to do the right thing. Here's what I tend to think. I should have known better than that. Come on, Randy. You should have known better. What were you thinking? You're, you're the pastor of a church. Come on. What's your problem? How pathetic, this is another thought, how pathetic if you can't win an argument with a 90-year-old guy? How pathetic is that? I repented. I asked forgiveness. But the enemy keeps trying to make me wallow in the guilt. He, he wants me to just fall onto the floor in a blob of guilt and wallow and, you know, you are so stupid. I have to fight the regret that is supercharged by the enemy or it eats me for lunch. And I fight it by applying the grace of God to my sin. I don't fight it in my own strength. I don't have the strength to get past it. Lord, I accept that you've paid for my sin on the cross. And I thank you for what you've paid, that you've paid for that. Lord, I, I, I am so grateful that you paid, and anything I do to try to pay now is a wasted effort, and it dishonors what you've done on the cross. So, God, I accept what you've done. I also have to take out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I, I stab the thought. I, I cut the thought down. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Any condemnation that you feel as somebody who's walking with God does not come from Him. Because we are not condemned. There is no condemnation. So any. Now, there is conviction. Let me tell you, after I had that argument with my dad, I was sorely convicted. And I needed to confess it to God, confess it to him, and ask his forgiveness. But after that, any any condemnation I feel is, is from the enemy. So I have to fight it. I have to deal with it and move on. I apply the grace of God to my sin. This brings me to an important point about these decades of our life. Humility is required to effectively tell the next generation about God's faithfulness. If we mix a little pride into our stories so that we get a little bit of the glory, we get glorified, but God doesn't shine. He is the one we're talking about. We tell the story about Him. I find that I face a choice when I'm asked from younger folks, how to approach something like parenting or marriage or uh, finances, ministry, career. I, I face a choice. I can act like I've had it together for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is how I did it. It's, it's been great. This is the way to do it. Or I can just say, well... Here's what I've learned, but didn't always do it that way. Here's how I did it. And I wouldn't recommend that. I, would, I humbly admit my, my good and bad choices. 
Because you know what? It's, it's the mistakes that encourage people. It's, it's, if, I, if I act like I've always had it together in my 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond, I act like I've always had it together, that's very disheartening to the younger crew. Oh, wow. And they don't want to hear what I have to say because they probably realize eh, it's fake. The guy's faking it. So we have to be real. We have to share from a, a stance of humility. Be honest about wrong choices and share how we do it differently. We should tell the story of God's work and faithfulness in our lives as grace-filled events that he has brought us through. It's God's grace that helped you choose well when you did. It's God's grace that forgives and patiently teaches us when we choose wrong. To speak this way has a tremendous amount of power and encouragement in it. We hearten people rather than dishearten them. If you plan to keep pouring out in your later years, life will mean something. You'll be in the 29% that retirement goes well for. There are two basic dangers we need to avoid in these decades. Checking out and going on vacation as we serve ourselves. Holding on to bitterness from past hurts and bad choices. God, in his mercy, wants to show us how to navigate these decades. He wants to show us the best way. Now, if we keep choosing faith in the moment as we live now, we will choose it throughout the decades of our life. But we always have a choice. Wherever we're at right now, we have to choose faith. There's a cool description of Abraham. As he died and passed into eternity, in Genesis 25.8, it says this, says, he, he took his last breath and died at a ripe old age, old and contented, and he was gathered to his people. I love that description. He, here's a man who kept walking by faith in his uh, I think middle years and later years, I think he lived to like 175. They lived older in those days, longer in those days. So he lived a long time. But in his middle years, that's when God called him to really do some unusual, extraordinary things, take steps of faith that he did. At every point, he kept choosing faith. And then that description describes where he was at the end of his life. Old and contented. He's considered a father of our faith. God put a challenge before him. He chose the faith. He kept taking his eyes off his own needs, putting his eyes on, on God and what God wanted to do in his life. What, what is your faith challenge right now? Where, where are you challenged? It could be continuing to work, work hard when the reward isn't in sight. It could be faithfully disciplining the kids for the umpteenth time today. And with grace whether they show any signs of change or respect. You, you just you keep faithfully at it. Maybe it's giving generously to God's work, even, even when things are tight. Maybe it's serving your friends or serving here at church when you'd really rather just indulge yourself in whatever it is. Maybe it's trusting God and refusing bitterness and fear as you face the future as a single man or a single woman.
Choosing faith right now will, will help you build toward retirement in a way that gets you set for a meaningful life and a meaningful time and a meaningful wrap-up to your story in the later decades. As I wrap up today's message, I'd, I'd like to ask you, if you would, to take the connection card out of your program and uh, begin to fill that out or complete it from prior time. And we're going to receive our offering in a few moments. And as we receive the offering, again, I'd like to thank you for your giving. We're able to do what we do based on uh, the gifts of our members and attenders. So I'd like to thank you. If you would, please take the time uh, to finish completing uh, the connection card and when the offering comes by you can drop it in that'd be great here are two next steps that i'm suggesting god may have said something else to you but my next step today is to apply god's grace to your regrets as i shared my story you may have thought of your own story a moment in your life that just makes you cringe that the enemy keeps bringing to mind and he wants to take you down with it apply god's grace to that moment and keep, keep applying it. Take the sword of the Spirit and stab it. Deal with the thoughts. Don't let them take you down. And then another step would be in gratitude. Shift your perspective on old age and the flow of life. Maybe, maybe you just, God, thank you that I'm growing older. Boy, there's stuff to deal with, but I thank you that I've lived this long. Because my brother said one time, you know, the alternative isn't that great either, right? You know, you die early. <laughs> the alternative to growing older is you die young. Okay, us Lanthrops, we're kind of matter of fact, I apologize. But that's the truth. If God allows you to live long on the earth, do your best with it. Enjoy it. Be grateful that God's given you that opportunity and shift your perspective to value old age the way God does. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that we see in your word and the way you use it to guide us and direct us. And I pray, Father, that you really would help us to make the shift to see things the way that you do, uh, regardless of what's going on around us, that you might be honored and pleased by the way we live our lives and that we might bear the fruit in life that you really want us to. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.